Hello, today's daf is daf pei in Ksubis, as we learn for a four shlema for Elazar ben Ruma and Yosef Israel ben Chaim Michal. From the Mishnah on the bottom of Ayin Tes Amid Beis, Mishnah says like this, a person had melug, a man had melug that he was uh, watching, taking care of for his wife. These are nechasmah that are, are not written into the Ksuba like we've learned, and he's entitled uh, to take care of them. He's not responsible for them, but they really belong to his wife, to the wife and her family. Uh, but he's allowed to have an offer from them. So let's say he spent, um, ex- he had expenditures. He spent money to upkeep the uh, these assets. Hotsi Harbe, even if he spent a lot, but he only ate the produce thereof, he only ate a little bit, or the opposite, Kima, he spent a little bit, and he ate a lot. Once they get divorced, Masha Hotsi Hotsi, Masha whatever he spent is spent, and whatever he ate is ate. No bonus are made. They didn't keep track of everything. They weren't responsible to keep track. If he had enough from them, he had he had uh, pl- uh, pleasure from the assets, from the fruits that uh, that he basically invested in by expending them and and uh, planting and fertilizing, etc. No cheshbon is made once they get divorced. But let's say he spent the money and then they had to get divorced and he didn't have any pleasure whatsoever. He didn't eat any of the fruits. He should, spend, he should swear how much or bring proof if he could bring proof. But uh, otherwise he could swear how much he spent and he should take that money from the estate, from the uh, wife's nechassim, which go back to her once they get divorced. How much is a little bit? You say even if he just ate a little bit, that's it. He might have spent a million dollars and just ate a couple dollars worth. What's a little bit? Even one dried fig. As long as he ate it in a dignified manner. In other words, it wasn't just like, you know, haphazardly. He sat down and he ate it. If he ate it in a dignified manner, that's eating. So even if he spent a lot, too bad. Now they're divorced. Goes back to her. No bonus are made. Amar Ababa, the top of pay. Uh, even press dates. In other words, things that don't, uh, not especially valuable. Um, people press them together and, uh, you know, turn them into a little cake. Uh, that's also, even if he ate that, that's considered, he had a gnaw, he had pleasure from the, um, from the asset, from the pro- property, and what he spent is spent, and that's it. What happens if, like, like from the sludge of the, of the dates, uh, they make uh, they make date beer uh, after they made date beer out of it, and there's this left like the sludge, the 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 remnant at the bottom of the barrel, uh, or if it's very very pressed, so that uh, they pressed it in order to make the the uh, the beer. Uh, what about that? Is that considered like uh, like they made do- they made uh, a dough out of that sludge? Is that considered eating bekavod? More says take it. We don't know. Let's say he didn't eat derech kavod. How much, though, is considered eating if he didn't eat the Erech Kavod? He just ate it half-pazily. My Amar Ula, Pligba Tremor, Roy Marabba, and Eretz Yisrael, there were two Amar Amar, argue about a Chanam or Bikisar, Bikisar, a Chanam, Bikadiner. One said, as long as he had a Na of an Isar, which is a lot more than a dinner, uh, then uh, he's, he's no longer, he's not entitled to get any expenditures back. And one said, even if he had the Na of a dinner, a small amount of money, uh, that's good enough, and he can't claim any, any expenditures. So the, when they get divorced, they only have to, so to speak, bid mit chashben and start making a reckoning only if he didn't eat anything or almost anything. Amidayana de Pampadisa, the judge of Pampadisa, Rashi brings down, that's Rav Papa Bar Shmuel, Marin Sanhedrin, Yud Zayin and brings down all those names, you know, uh, uh, that uh, this, this, this name, uh, refer, this uh, uh, adjective of these two rabbis or this one rabbi 
uh, it refers to this rabbi and this refers to that rabbi. So Dayani de Pompadisa, the judge of Pompadisa, that's Rav, um, uh, that Rashi brings us down here from Yidzayin and Beis and Sanin, and that's for Papa Bashmu. Okay, what does he say? Rav Yudal Tamei, Rav Yudal said, Rav Yudal Tamei, I'm sorry, I, uh, yeah, right. I'm Yudal Pompadisa, of Rav Yudal Uvda, the Rav Yehuda, Paskin, the real case. Even with bundles of twigs, it's not even food. That's only like food for a, for an elephant or for large animals. Even in a case like that, uh, they consider that achila because since it's a meichel for uh, for uh, elephants, and he get and the hechel man and the owner gave some of that to his uh, to his animal, and then he divorced his wife. Uh, that's it. No more cheshmer is made. You had a know it's like you ate. Rav Yudah according goes according to reason. Rav Ochla Arla Shvias Vaklaim, even if you ate things which were Usr, like Arla, or Shvias, which you were not, it's, it's really Hefker for everybody, and uh, Kalayim, Hareza Chazaka. In other words, in a, when it comes to a Chazaka on a field, if you can't um, prove ownership, and you can only prove it by saying that I was there for three years, what is three years? A Chazaka of three years is like a proof of purchase. Uh, so if you don't have the receipt, the, the uh, bill of sale or whatever you call it, uh, the star, and uh, you can prove that you were on the field for three years, even if it was a field of Arla, which is forbidden to be eaten, all you could do there is have, let's say, uh, you could take the, um, uh, the the twigs and things like that, the pre is also, the fruit is also to eat, or Shvius, which is really Hefker for everybody, or you planted Klayim, and uh, still, as Muslim, I say you plant a Klayim, you're not, have, supposed to have a, you're not supposed to have enough from the client, but from the twigs you can. So the idea there also, even though it's only food for animals, if you had enough from that, that's a chazaka. That's considered a chazaka. You, you did something on the field, even though you didn't really eat on, from the field. So the same way Rav Yudah says here too, that if he effectively took that food, he took twigs and gave that to his animals, twigs from the nechzimulug, that's considered like he ate on the field, and therefore he can't get any of ex, his expenditures back. Let's say a man married a young girl who had a Kedushan Drabbanan. We've talked about that many times. If her father is not in the picture anymore because either he married her off once or he's dead. Um, and she was married off uh, by her brother or, or her older brother or, or her mother. So it's a Kedushan Drabbanan. She could walk away from that marriage with Miyun before she's 12 years old. Let's say a man who's married to her and he spent money on her field it's not like this case that we're talking about here about Nechzimulug. If he spent money in her field, it's like he spent money on somebody else's field in which he's titled to all his expenditures. My timer. A man is married to a young girl like that. He says, she might walk away one day and I won't want up nothing. Why would I take care of her field? Why should, I expend, why should I put money into it? If I know that I'll get my money back, then I'll put money into it because number one, she may not leave the marriage. She may stay my wife for many, many years. I may have esrim, or uh, so on that side, I should invest in, in Philip and take care of the field. On the other side, if she walks away, why should I invest in the field? I'll have nothing. So he says over there, if you if you spend money, the rabbis made a takana in a case like that. That whatever you spent on your wife who's a tana, whatever you spent, you're entitled you're entitled to get all your money back. 
That's the idea. So much you see over you figure how much shvach there was. In other words, he takes according to uh, whatever he expended. He expended, and there was some improvement there. He's entitled to take it back. And they did that. They said, like a sharecropper, who let's say gets up to fifty percent of the uh, produce, he's entitled to get that, which will encourage him to invest in her field properly. Story. We say over here that you're not entitled to get anything back. If you took any pleasure, you took pleasure from the wife's uh, you don't get anything back all right, when you get divorced. So there was a woman who uh, had uh, 400 zuz fell to her as a Yerusha someplace, Bechazoi, far away in that city. Her husband went, he spent 600, he spent 600 to get back her 400. And he brought back the 400. He spent 600 just on the trip, the expenses on the trip. He brought back the 400, Aisi uh, Abramea. The Hadi Tukosim, when he came back, he needed one Zuz out of the 400. He needed it for expenses. He took it from there. Listen, as long as he had enough from that 400, that's it. He can't claim uh, all his expenditures back. He spent 600 to get the 400 back. He can't uh, claim that back because um, that's the rule. If you had enough at all, we don't make any cheshbon. What you spent, you spent, and what you took, you took. That's only if he ate the fruits of the field. He improved the field. He spent. He had expenses that he, he expended on the field, and he had income, which was the produce. But over here, over here, he ate the carrot itself. It's like he ate the field itself. This was a legitimate otzah. So he says, if that's the case, so what's the omelus? He told him, Cain. That's as if he spent money and he didn't have any enough from it. So In other words, this is not like a case where he had anah from the field. Like he had certain anah, a small amount of anah, a dried fig, a pressed date, uh, something, a beer, whatever, twigs. Here he really got nothing out of it. On the trip itself, he had to, he had to take another uh, zuz out of the 400 uh, as an expenditure. But uh, you can't say he took it for himself. Uh, he needed he needed one zuz. Vishakam and I, so he took it from there. But even if he took it for himself, it's not like that he could, he, he didn't expend it on the on to get the four hundred back. He took from the four hundred itself. He took a shekel out that he needed. So is it like he ate from the field? That's what that's what Ravami wanted to say. Masha hotsi hotsi, masha Whatever he spent, he spent six hundred. Too bad. Okay, but he ate, he ate something for it. He spent six hundred and he got one shekel out of it. But they said that only applies when he ate the fruits. But over here, he ate the karen. And, and when he ate the karen, that's considered like a hotzah, he, like a, a it's not considered like a, 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 um, a pleasure that he got out of it or a profit that he got out of it. He says, MK, uh, that's like a case of hotzi v'loachal, yish become hotzi, so he should swear how much he, he, um, he spent and take that back. So how much did he spend? He spent 600, right? It says, nafla arba mezuzi, and he spent 600, right? 600 getting it, so... Can he get his money back? Perhaps, presumably, he can't get more than the field was worth. He can't take more than uh, than than um, there was there. There was only four hundred or three hundred ninety nine. How much could he take back? The six hundred, or just take back the three ninety nine? But at least he'll get that back. Um, can you be? Can you diminish her ksuba because of that? Probably not. This we say that if there was no profits at all, there was no produce or no profit. So what should he do? He should swear how much he spent and take that. So that's only 
if there was a profit. If there was a profit, in other words, he spent so much, but there was some improvement. So if there was some improvement, he didn't take any from him, so he could swear how much he, he spent and take from there. So why is he telling you that? It already says, of course, what's, why, what's the point of saying it's only if there's shvach uh, in Kenega um, that, in other words, there's shvach uh, in, in regard to the spend, expenditure, there was also a profit or an improvement. If there was more, if there was more inc- increase over the expenditure, that he could take what he spent without shvu. In other words, if he spent $100 and there was an improvement of 110 he could take the 100 without making a shvu. That's the case. You're going to lead to uh, somebody's going to be a cheater, somebody's going to be a scoundrel. Why? Because all he has to do is see whatever the increase was and say his expenditures was just below that. If you're saying the expenditure was below the uh, in- increase, so, and you say he can get all that expenditure without a shvua, so he'll just say, whatever the increase was, my expenditure was a dollar less. Elamarava, this is what he means to say. If he spent more money than the increase, he only has the otsa. In other words, if he spent more money than the increase, only he's not entitled to the uh, to the to the whole amount of his expenditure, he's only he's only entitled to what he what he spent. In other words, if he spent hundred dollars and he only improved the field by eighty dollars, that was all the improvement there was. So he's only entitled to the eighty, and even then he must swear that he spent the hundred in order to get the eighty back. He can only take as much he can. As, as the, the lady started with a field with X amount. Now, this guy spent $100 to, 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 to improve it, but he only improved it by 80. All the, 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 the increase of the field was only worth 80. So he can't get his whole 100. He can only get what he increased, that he could take, only with a shvur. That's what he means to say, when Ravasa said, meaning he can only take the hotzah as much as the shvach is there. If, the, if, the, um, if there was more shvach, Plenty more shvach and hotzah was less. Still, he has to swear how much it is. But even if the hotzah was more than the shvach, he can't take the whole hotzah. He can only get the amount of the shvach and that with the shvui. What happens if the husband put sharecroppers into the field to take care of the field? Now he divorced his wife and he's out of the picture. What happens to the arisen? Did they come in according to the... They, they came in because of the husband. The husband hired them. They're also out of the picture. In other words, they get nothing. They're entitled normally to, let's say, 20, 30, 40, 50%, whatever the deal was. Let's assume it's 50%. So do they get 50% of the produce? You say no. If the husband doesn't get anything, right? If the husband didn't get anything, he... So over here, the husband doesn't get anything when they leave, right? Unless the hotel was greater than the produce. As we said before, unless the the unless the, unless none of it was graded, unless there was outsaw and there was no there was no increase, he took no pleasure, he took no profits from the field itself. If he took any profits, he's entitled to nothing. So are the sharecroppers in the same situation as the husband? Odilma adaita the aranachas. They went down to improve the field. Even if there was no husband, she would have had a higher sharecroppers anyway, and therefore they're still, so to speak, on the field, and they're still entitled to their half of the produce. The field has to be worked by, by the sharecroppers. You need sharecroppers anyway. You need people to work in the field, so they should still get their 50%. That was the question that was raised over here. This is Boilu. How is this from 
If somebody sees that a field is laying fallow, nobody's taking care of it, nobody's, uh, nobody's uh, fertilizing it, nobody's planting it, nothing's happening. So this guy goes and says, listen, you know, it's just going to be a loss anyway. I might as well go and plant the field and I'll uh, help out the owner. He planted the field without permission of the owner. So you say like this. He comes down and says, you know, I put money into the field. We say, okay, you could take your expenditure as long as there's a commensurate, a commensurate amount of increase. So in other words, whatever he spent, he, he can't get more. He's not entitled to the profits, but he's entitled to the expenditure only up to the amount, commensurate with the amount of the profit. That's what he's entitled to, or 50, you know, not even 50%, whatever, whatever he spent, whatever his expenditure is. We're talking about an, a neighbor uh, who, put an ex, who, put a, who expended money on, an, on his neighbor's field doing a good deed. What is he entitled to get? He's entitled to Shomadoviyaratachtona, but he's still entitled to. So, uh, just, so how is it different there? Why should the sharecropper over here, when the husband hired a sharecropper, and the husband now is out of the picture because he divorced her, and he's not entitled to anything once he divorced her. How can you say the sharecroppers should get nothing? How is it different than a neighbor who went into field and invested in the field? He should at least get something. If he doesn't get the full half, 50% of the, of the increase, at least let him get his expenditures, whatever it was. There's no hustle like Inish Tatarach. Over there, there was nobody else doing it. So this guy was the guy who did it. The neighbor was the guy who did it. So we give him at least his expenditures uh, commensurate with the profits. Hacha. Ikabal Tarach. Here, the husband could have done it. You know, the husband, there was somebody else to take care of it. And she could say, right? um, There was no, they were there, the, there the neighbor saw the field and it was, nobody was taking care of it. So he said, you know, what's, uh, it's only going to be a loss anyway. Mav said, what are they losing by me investing in the field? So at least give me back my expenditures. There was a husband who was Matriach and she told me, if you wouldn't have gone in, he would have gone in. Now he wouldn't have gotten anything. In other words, if you, the sharecroppers, wouldn't have done anything, so the husband would have taken care of it. In the case that you outlined, there was nobody to take care of it. So the neighbor said, listen, nobody's working the field. The planting season's almost over. I got nothing to lose over here. At least give me back my expenditures. But in the case with the sharecroppers that we're asking about, she could say, listen, I'm not giving you anything. Uh, if it wouldn't have been for you, the husband would have taken He divorced me now. I'm not giving him anything. My Havilah, what's the halacha? If the husband himself is a sharecropper, meaning he could work. If he's out of the picture, they're out of the picture because he's just like one of them. They're just like him. If he's out, they're out. But if he's not a person who could have worked the field anyway, so anyway, the field is basically standing for the Arisim to take care of it. The wife couldn't do it, and if the husband couldn't do it, so then you assume that they would have been hired anyway. They are the Arisim, and then they are entitled to do it. Interesting psaac. A husband sold his wife's field, um, and um, in other words, he sold the field and um, in, in order for he didn't really sell the field. He didn't give title to the person he sold it to. He just sold the field for the peros, in other words, that um, that the the kech, the person who bought it, can eat the peros, and he's entitled. It's like a uh, he can he can have like a uh, a standing on the field, uh, like sort of like a sharecropper. In other words, 
you pay your price. You can you can you can stand on this field for a year, let's say, and you can eat the Paris. You give me the money now, and that's I have the money. The money really belongs to the wife. It's part of Nesli Malug, and you can eat the Paris. Now, me Amrinan, my Dakani, what the husband acquired, Acne, he can he can give that away too. In other words, he acquired Chus to eat the Paris while they're married. He's entitled to eat the Paris of Nesli Malug. He can invest. He's supposed to spend money on it, invest in it, and take care of it. He doesn't have to give her back a field with the exact same value. It's not written into the Ksuba. It's not what we call Nechse Son Barzel, but it's Nechse Maluk. He's entitled to eat the Paris. Is he, ent- is he entitled to sell that right of Peros to another guy? Do you say whatever he was Kona the husband, he can also be Maknet to somebody else? So Dilma, when the Rabbani gave the Paris of the husband, Mishum Rav that's because, you know what, if you give him the, if you give him the entitlement, the rights, to work the field and eat the payros, there'll be more food in the house. It'll be good for the wife at the end of the day. In other words, that the husband is entitled to the fruits, not because he gives him a right to sell that right, but he's entitled to it because that's a good thing for the family, for the wife. But not to sell. So we had apparently a machlokas. He says, What he's done is done. In other words, he's, he has a right he has a right to the Paris, and he has a right to sell the rights to those Paris. Rav Papa, Rav Papi is the guest. Rav Papi, Omar Mishmed Rava. Rav Papi says the name of Rava. In other words, one was Marber Mamer, name of Rava. And Rav Papi disagreed. And he said the name of Rava, lost Vilukum. No, you can't sell. The reason for the Nechsim Belug is gives the husband the right to eat the Paris and work them to make more food in the house to be good for the family. Omar Rav Papa. So Rav Papa says, Hadi Yudabar Mareim Alaba Shitmar. Rav Papa now defends Rav Papi. In other words, that Rava really said, he can't, the husband can't do that. I, Marbara Mamer said, the name of Rava, he heard that what's done is done, the husband could sell it. He says, no, Omar Papa, how do you Shitmar? He didn't hear it directly from Rava. Ella he deduced it from something, from a case, and, what he, and his deduction was wrong, as we'll see. Da'iya, so there was a woman. Da'iya, Gavra, A woman came into the marriage. We had back, back in Nantest, Daf Samach, about bringing uh, a, a wife might bring uh, maidservants with her into the marriage. That's part of the dowry, and then she has less work to do. So <clears throat> let's, this woman brought two maids into the marriage. And then her husband went, took another wife, a second wife. And and the husband took one of these maidservants and gave that as a helper to the second wife. You can imagine how the first wife felt. Also coming over came for Robert Savcha. And she cried out, she says, look what he did. Look what he did. He took my maidservant and gave it to her. You can imagine anyway what, what was going on there between the two tsars. So Rava didn't listen to her. Man, the chaz of the one who saw that Rava didn't listen to her, suffer, mishim to suffer, masha asasi. What are those maidservants, right? Maybe they weren't written into the ksuba, weren't written into the dowry, and she just brought him in. So they're nechsim And the husband has the right to use the nechsim however he sees fit. And he gave it to the other wife, to the second wife. So that's what somebody who just looked at that case thought, that that's what Rav Paskin, Masha Asli, it's not true. Mishumav Chabesa, the reason he gave it to the other wife is because that'll make more profits for the house. In other words, it's better, she has two maidservants, it's better if you assign one maidservant to each woman, that would be more efficient. You know, the house will be more productive that way. In other words, Mishumav Chabesa, it's better if that's the halacha, that a husband is entitled to the payros of the nechsem He's entitled to work her fields and, and improve them 
And as long as they stay married, he can eat whatever he wants out of them, and no cheshbonos are made. However, he can't sell the right to somebody else. My time, Rabbi Omer Chashinin Shematachsev. What's the reason why he can't sell it to somebody else? Well, one reason is because you're worried that maybe the person you sell it to will ruin the field. The husband wants to always keep the field in good shape because he wants it to produce more and more. But if you're selling the field, you're not really selling the field to somebody else. You're selling the rights to work the field. So the other guy might work the field into the ground, so to speak, excuse the pun, right? Might work the field, you know, destroy it because he wants, maybe he only rents it for one year. Let's say he bought rice for one year. So he's going to work the field till there's gets everything out of it and ruin the field. So that's one reason why he shouldn't be able to. Rav says no, because the reason he shouldn't sell is because the reason is that you should work the field and bring more profits into the house, not sell it for cash, not sell the rice for cash, but rather improve the field and bring more food into the house. My Benaya, what's the difference between those reasons? Ikim Benaya has several reasons. Number one, Ara Dimikr of the Masa. Let's say the field is near the city. So then, if it's near the city, he could see it all the time and he can make sure that the uh, person who bought the rights to it doesn't let it deteriorate. So the first reason wouldn't apply. Brother's reason would apply because of Rav Chabesa. Here you see Rav himself says Rav Chabesa. That's the key, Rav Chabesa. You can't sell, you can't, uh, sell the rights there. Inami Baal Orosu. Let's say the husband. Right, right? He gives the pay, the, the husband, he is an oris on the field. So if he's an oris on the field, he won't, again, he won't let it go bad. Either he's near the field or he's an oris on the field, and he just, he's the one working the field, really, and giving the payers to the person who bought the rights to the payers. So then again, the second reason would apply, the first reason or not. Inami, Zuzi, Buiska. Or you could say, the afternoon would be this. Let's say the husband, is a merchant. So in this in this last nafkamina, again, there's Rav Chabesa, right? There's Rav Chabesa, and there's uh, he, he, what he's doing with the money is he's making Rav Chabesa. So if the reason is because of Rav Chabesa, if the reason, the second reason is Rav Chabesa, why he can't do it, here is Rav Chabesa anyway. If the reason is because Shemataksev, Tem Shemataksev would still apply. So in the first two cases, the first two Nafkaminas, Taksev wouldn't apply, Rav Chabesa would. In the third case, Rav Chabesa wouldn't apply because the husband's also making money out of the money that he got, uh, that he got for uh, selling the rights to the, the payros. But it's the first reason of Shemataksev would still apply. This Mishnah that we're learning now is really Mishnah from Yavamas. We had it uh, when we learned Yavamas. Shemeras Yavam Shemafelan Chasim. What about a woman? Woman Reuben was married to Leah. Reuben died with no children. She's now about to marry Shimon, or she's waiting for Shimon to marry. She's called a Shomeris Yavim. She's in between. She's in between husbands. She's no longer married to Reuben because he's dead. She hasn't yet married Shimon. So she's, so to speak, less than an Arusa. She's not really engaged him. She's called a Shomeris Yavim. She has a Zika. Uh, again, she's not allowed to marry anybody in the Shuk. It's an Israelav. Um, but if she does, the Kedushan would be Chal, except according to her Bekiva, but Shemeris Yavim, or some say even not according to her Bekiva, because it's Losia, there's, there's no Avaya there, but basically the general idea is that it's only a Lav, but she's still not married to the guy, she's not married to anybody right now, and now, during this state, while she's a Shemeris Yavim, Nechassim felt her, Nechassim Nechseim Lug felt her while she was a Shemeris Yavim, Modim Besham Beisil, even though Besham Beisil argued before about what is her status, let's say when she's in Arusa, and she has the chasm, can she buy and sell them? Here she's, Vaisel and Bishami are both Marisha Macharis from the She can do whatever she wants within a chasm. Remember, the ksuba was for her first husband, Ruvain. True, Shimon has to make good on that first, on the first ksuba of Ruvain if Ruvain didn't leave any money. 
he has to make good on that. Otherwise, his, her ksuba is paid from Ruvain's ksuba, what he assigned her from his estate. But uh, stuff that she got now in the Simulug, she could do whatever she wants with it. She can buy and sell whatever because she's Shemaris Yavim. She's not really married to anybody. Mesa, though, what happens if she dies now? Who's Yavish? What do you do with her ksuba? And with the chasm to go in and come out with her. Meaning, ksubasa, now, ksubasa means, uh, with ksubasa, Rashi says, that's written, and her husband accepted, uh, like, responsibility, and he could spend them. What's the deal with those? And what's the deal with the chasm and the chasm yotzim? I'm meaning, Rashami says, the Pashup shot over here is, is that, you split them. He's talking about everything, and that both the both the ksuba and the um, and the nirsetzon bars are written in the stuff that's written in the ksuba. They split it because basically, when a woman's husband dies, her her husband and uh, when a, when a woman dies, her husband inherits her. If there's no husband, her children inherit her. But over here, there is no husband, but there is a potential husband. She has a zika to Shimon. So Beishami says, "Yachnu Yorshiabal." Who's Yorshiabal? Some say it's her children, it's, it's the husband's children, or some say it's really the Yavim himself. He's the Yorish of the, of the Baal. So he splits that with Yorshav, you split it. You leave them where they are. What does that mean? Right? The Nechasim the, uh, stay where they are. The Ksuba itself, what, what, the, what Ruben originally wrote into the Ksuba, that goes to the husband, because that's like a, if a wife dies, normally it goes to the husband. So the Yorshia Baal goes to the oven. That goes to the father's house. So what's the first thing? Basil said, What does that mean? So we'll see in the Gemara, there's different interpretations of what means. Some say that means that it's split, and some say no, that you leave it where it is. What does that where it is mean? That was all discussed in the Gemara. So we'll see that in the Gemara. So Beshamay says everything is split. Basil says, Nechasim Bechaskasim. That means one thing. Then we have the Ksuba, and then, in other words, presumably we're talking about Nechaskasim, we're talking about the the Nechzitzon Barzel. Uh, what happens to them? But what is the Chazaka? Does that mean you split it, or does it mean it goes to one of them? The Ksuba Bechaskasim, Yorshavah, that goes to the Yavim. Nechasim and Nechasim Yosimim, that goes to the Yorshavah. Hiniach Achiv Mos, let's say Ruvain died and left some money. What do you do with the money? Yilakach Ben Karka. The money, of course, goes to Shimon, right? Once he marries her. But he hasn't married her yet. So he left her brother left money, you look up on karka, buy karka, so he can eat the Paris meanwhile. Right? What do you do? Right? That, that you eat the Paris meanwhile. Rashi says, um, uh, let's see where Rashi referring to. It discusses it. It's really Gemara Babas, it's not a Gemara here, but there's a machlokus about that. And here we have, here the Gemara says, And what are you, the next Rashi, that's where we're up to now. The husband, Reuven, is supposed to pay her Ksub, even though Reuven's dead now, uh, her Ksub has to be paid for Mizdachasim. Right, so we say over here that the, the metatlin is meshubah to the ksuba. So over here also, when he left money, which is metatlin, that's also meshubah to the ksuba, and therefore you buy karka with it, and he eats the, and the husband, the yavam, can eat the paris. Paris atlushin menakarka, paris that have been already 
detached from the ground. Again, you buy karka with it. Again, these are metatlum, whether it's cash or whether it's peros that have been detached from the ground. By karka, it's the peros. But the karka, the karka stays meshubad to the wife's ksuba. That's what we mean over here. So Rashi says, He can eat the peros, but it's better to take whatever uh, cash or, or detached peros you have by karka, so with that karka, the karka will be will effectively be the mortgage, the pledge to pay her ksuba eventually when the new husband dies or divorces her. Peres mechobar on the karka, whatever they are attached to the ground. Our mayor shamanosa, you uh, assess them. Shamanosa kami yafa kami yafa and the peres kami yafa. So in other words, figure out how much is the field worth with the peres, how much is the field without the peres. In other words, with with the uh, uh, that'll tell you what the Paris are worth. How much does it feel worth with Paris? How much without Paris? Vahamosar, look, Menkarka, what do you do with that difference? In other words, what, what the Paris are worth? So I guess if you have Paris that are already detached, you could just take them to the market. But if they're on the tree, you have to figure out how much they're worth. And you figure that out by what's the difference between if they weren't beyond, if they wouldn't, if the trees were not a Paris versus what the tree is worth with the Paris. That difference, by Karka, Buach, Paris. Paris, Karka, Shalom. Right, the pears that are attached to the ground, they belong to him. Right, the Gemara is going to ask why is that? We'll see. Hatlushim and Akarka, if they are detached from the ground, kolakadam zachaben, whoever wants could take them. Who's zachaben? In other words, that uh, there's no there's no definite rule. Whoever takes them first gets them first. Kadmi, if she took them first, you like a karka, you buy karka buachol pears. Because that's like she's that's like you know that's like nixim malug basically that. Uh, you know, that she, that not, not, well, not really, but, but it was from her husband. It's like her Yerusha, right? She doesn't get the Yerusha of the husband, but the husband left uh, Peros. If she took them, so now it's like her Nechsi Mulug. So what do you do with that? By Karkin, he gets the Peros. Kansa, once he marries her, Harei Kish Then she's like his wife in all aspects. Bilvad, Uvilvad, except for one, in one aspect. What's, what's the difference though? Uvilvad, Shetek Subasa Nechsi Balarishan. The second husband Shimon doesn't have to pay the ksuba. The ksuba really comes from the first reason. But low, but but if uh, the Gemara also tells us that if he did, if he doesn't have money to pay the ksuba, if the if there were the husband left no money, whatever, um, then the second husband has to pay at least a minimal ksuba. Okay, um, so that should take ksuba. So next day, balarisham lo yomar lo. He shouldn't tell her ksuba. He can't say, listen, okay, you know what? You're supposed to get two hundred dollars. Here's the two hundred dollars. I'm putting it aside for you. Here, it's on the shulchan. And that's it. I'm setting it aside. That's not the case. All his assets are pledged for the ksuba. That's the rule about ksuba. You can't say so. Maybe maybe it's the money will be devalued, or he'll give her some asset now that's not going to be worth that much later on. It doesn't work that way. You can't assign it that way. He can give it to her. He could set aside money so that you know if uh, there's some issue about it, you can't find the money later on, she could take it from that. But that doesn't absolve him of the responsibility to to pay for the whole ksuba, whatever the ksuba was, the two hundred plus the tosefet if there was a dowry or whatever the first husband had promised. Uh, she's entitled to all of that, and all his assets are pledged for the ksuba. Nobody should tell his wife, not just this guy. All his assets are pledged for the ksuba. Girsha, once he divorces her, she's only entitled to the ksuba. In other words, once the Yavama has been divorced by Shimon, after he married her, she's only entitled to the ksuba. That's all she's going to get. Right? Rashi says, Avokosman Shalogirsha, 
You can't sell any of those nechassim while they're married. In other words, this whole business about uh, these nechassim we said, if they're, if they're um, metaltlin, he has to buy karka. He has to make sure that all that is meshubit for the uh, ksuba. And once he marries her, also it's meshubit to the ksuba. And nobody should tell their wife, uh, here your ksuba's on the shulchan and take it from here and that's it, I'm not giving you any more. If he remarries her again, if he remarries her after he divorced her, which he could do if he's not a coin, but why do you have to tell me a special case by Yavam? It's obviously it should be that case. But the idea is that if he took her back, he took her back only on the condition that he's going to get, that she's, he's going to give her that first ksuba. There's nothing else that she's entitled to. All right, we'll pick up from here uh, next time uh, with Dapay Aleph. We'll pick it up from Iboy Have a good day.